What's up, Rams fans? Kenneth Arthur back here again on Turf Show Times Radio, the podcast. Please subscribe. Uh, t- coming up tomorrow, an interview with Mina Kimes of ESPN. You may know her from there. You may know her articles on ESPN's The Magazine. You may know her from the Rams broadcast booth and the preseason games. You may know her from Twitter or you may know her from the Mina Kimes podcast. Wherever you know her from, please tune in tomorrow, Friday morning, and hear my interview with Mina Kimes. Subscribe to the show so that when it comes out overnight, you just have it there, right there in your phone, and you can hear Mina's thoughts on the NFL, Week 1, the Rams, Matthew Stafford, Week 2's game against the Colts, what it's like to work at ESPN in the broadcast booth, for the Rams preseason games as well, working with Akib Tlaib there. So tune in, subscribe, the Turf Show Times podcast. Today, Thursday, September 16th, I want to give a short preview on LA's Week 2 opponents, the Indianapolis Colts. If you didn't read it already, go to turfshowtimes.com and check out everything you need to know about the Indianapolis Colts. Have a primer ready for you every week about the Rams' upcoming opponent. And after defeating the Bears in Week 1, 34-14, Week 2 brings the Colts, a team that is 0-1, following a defeat, 28-16, to the hands of the Seattle Seahawks. The Colts were at home that week. They'll also be at home this week. So Indy opens up with back-to-back home games, but against two NFC West teams. And as you probably saw, the NFC West is the best. It's quite a, a display from, from what we saw in week one. Not just that all four teams won, not just that all four teams won handedly, um, but uh, at least three of those teams were on the road uh, playing a, a good team. And uh, that is surprising as well. The Rams were at home, of course. This will be their first road game. How worried should people be about the Indianapolis Colts? Well, you know, I think that this is clearly a team, if you were paying attention the last couple of years, that has built quite a solid roster around the quarterback position, a solid defense, a, you know, a a solid offense in a lot of places. But then the big question marks are whether or not the Colts can still be that team they were a year ago. They were 11-5. and You could see the payoff of draft picks used on Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard and the trade for DeForest Buckner. There's a lot of things that GM Chris Ballard has done well there for the Indianapolis Colts, but it all hinges on whether or not Carson Wentz can be the answer at quarterback. The Colts paid a price uh, high enough to believe that they think he's the answer. And uh, that price was a conditional 2022 first round pick. If Carson Wentz plays in, you know, let's just say most of the games, that's basically when it becomes a first rounder. And that's been a question for Carson Wentz, who did have a broken bone somewhere there in his foot in the training camp. So he missed most of training camp, his first Colts training camp, and he missed a lot of that while backups Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger got most of the work there with the starters. And then in week one against the Seattle Seahawks, though I think the Colts had some positive takeaways. Running back Jonathan Taylor, 
who uh, I think led all rookies in rushing yards last year. He had over 1,100 of them. Uh, and definitely one of the more uh, exciting young running backs in the NFL. He played well in week one. And I think Carson Wentz, given how poorly he's played in the last couple of years with the Philadelphia Eagles and how many times he's been injured and how many of his issues sort of seem to stem around decision-making and especially when it comes to getting sacked and not protecting the football. And uh, Carson Wentz did fumble and lose a fumble to the Seahawks in week one. And otherwise, you know, maybe I think he clearly represents a more capable quarterback from a passing perspective, from an arm perspective. Um, There's, no question about his uh, athleticism, size, talent, you know, athleticism in terms of, you know, he's just a, he looks like a uh, franchise quarterback. You know, he's a big, well-built guy and he can throw the ball really well. And I think that, uh, well, so much of it is just how much more can he do? You know, if he's, can he make the right decisions? Can he throw the ball accurately all the time can he be a consistent deep threat and uh, that is where questions will come in and it's going to be hard for him to answer those with Indianapolis's current wide receiver court I think because while I would say that uh, they have a few players who have potential they don't really have anybody right now who has proven anything at the NFL level and they don't really, uh, because T.Y. Hilton is, is on injured reserve, he'll be a, miss at least three games. Um, so that's the, the wide receiver you know. He won't be out there in week two. Instead, the players out there will be Michael Pittman Jr., a second-round pick out of USC last year. Uh, showed some promise, you know, flashed some of what you want to see out of a young receiver. Uh, but Michael Pittman uh, so far has not taken uh, that next step or taken a step to to be a notable week-to-week uh, threat at wide receiver. Zach Pascal is the most experienced on the Colts, and he he may actually serve as a true, like, like not as a true number one, but as their number one. Um, and that's, that's where they're at right now at the wide receiver position. Paris Campbell, a second-round pick in 2019, uh, is basically where they don't want to see Michael Pittman Jr. go, which is you're falling down the depth chart. It's been a couple years now. You know, uh, Paris Campbell's in his third year, and whether it was injuries or uh, just not doing all the right things on the field, he has uh, basically become an afterthought. But at the same time, is he talented enough to make a play or two? Yes. So that is really uh, what where they're at right there. And, and Things are so bad, maybe, uh, that seventh-round rookie Michael Strahan, uh, spelled S-T-R-A-C-H-A-N, uh, is maybe one of the most threatening receivers on the roster. Um, and they the, the Colts don't have that much going on at tight end either. So you could say the most threatening pass catcher. And uh, Strahan was a seventh-round pick. But he stood out all through training camp. Everyone uh, said, reported at a training camp pretty much every day. Great play here. Did that everything right today here. And uh, really went from a seventh round pick who, you know, may or may not make the roster to a guy that may or may not start. And uh, I don't know if we'll see him taking the most snaps uh, or starting. But uh, if 
the Colts can't get anything going offensively and all of a sudden Carson Wentz just needs to pick a favorite target and go there, it could be Michael Strand or Mike Strand. So that is uh, why I think Indianapolis has similar issues to Chicago and that I don't know how successful they're going to be throwing the ball downfield. And so for LA's defense and their secondary, they may not really even get tested much until week three against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, then they'll be tested a lot uh, if based on what we saw from Antonio Brown and Tom Brady in week one against the Cowboys. So uh, I do think that the Colts have that issue where you would think that Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams and Jordan Fuller uh, will help lead a secondary that doesn't allow a lot of explosive passing plays. And that's where when the most talented player on the offense is Jonathan Taylor, you may see that he is the guy, especially against if the Rams don't play more tight run defense than they did in week one, then Jonathan Taylor is the guy. And look, you can take it or leave it. Um, but Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald were credited with a combined seven missed tackles in week one. Take it or leave it. I didn't make up the numbers. This is what's been reported. And so if they missed seven tackles in uh, week one, uh, was that just the running ab rushing abilities of David Montgomery? Uh, and I know that Sean McVay also said in his press conference this week that you know, uh, perhaps not having a preseason does impact the ability to make tackles right away. And you need to become more comfortable and, and warmed up to make those tackles. So who knows? Uh, the tight ends are Mo Alley Cox and Jack Doyle. They also have fourth round rookie Kylan Granson. So it's pretty, you got to think it's funny that Carson Wentz went from the Eagles whose issue was always, they said, if it wasn't Carson Wentz, then the issue was always the Eagles don't have any receivers for the last two years, right? And they keep drafting guys that don't work out. And now all of a sudden they have Jalen Hurts and the drafted guys start to work out. And then you send Carson Wentz to the Colts, whose problem is that they don't have any receivers. What happened there? You know, um, why didn't the Colts do anything to get a wide receiver. Why did the Colts use their conditional first round picks to get Carson Wentz before getting somebody that would help out a other different quarterback? You know, obviously the bears decided to, you know, use a first round pick to get Justin Fields. And they also already have Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. So uh, I think that they felt pretty comfortable there. And we saw Washington decide to hang back and go, we'll just stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tyler Taylor Haneke and uh, continue to just continue to get better and, and wait on the quarterback position. And they weren't the only team to do that. And you thought, well, if the culture is just so solidly built everywhere on the roster, you know, they could have used that pick to get Julio Jones or a lesser pick even maybe to get Julio Jones. Um, that didn't happen. I, I, 
it's not necessarily that any even like the Julio Jones trade will worked out. But when I see that Carson Wentz has gone from a team that had the worst receivers in the NFL to one that might now have the worst receivers in the NFL, and then his old team now all of a sudden looks kind of stacked at wide receiver. That's interesting, right? That's interesting to follow. But I don't know that Ryan, uh, Chris Ballard, who has such a strong track record that everybody loves all of his moves, I don't know that I fully understood what the Colts offseason was all about. It may have been what I would have called the worst offseason in the NFL. To use your draft pick uh, in the future there uh, to acquire a quarterback who has been bottom five the last two years and off injured and expensive. You know, I don't know how expensive he is to the Colts right now, uh, but they had a lot of cap space anyway. So down the line and, and everything that they took on to get Carson Wentz uh, at a time when they still hadn't really done anything interesting at tight end or wide receiver is really odd to me that they trusted that so much, but Michael Pittman might be great. Uh, Paris Campbell might be great. Michael Strand might be great. T.Y. Hilton could return and be great. And I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. And this will all look different then. But right now, what the Rams are facing is Zach Pascal and Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell and uh, seventh round rookie Michael Strand. So um, I do expect the Rams to be able to win that matchup, I guess. Uh, defensively, the Colts were, again, they're just pretty solid. Just like if you look at the Colts offensive line, Quentin Nelson uh, at right guard. You got uh, Ryan Kelly at center, Braden Smith at right tackle. And, uh, excuse me, Mark Lewinsky at right guard and uh, Quentin Nelson at left guard, of course. Uh, but the question is whether or not Eric Fisher will return this week. And uh, Eric Fisher towards Achilles, former first overall pick, was it with the Chiefs. Now he was a free agent, went to the Colts. He hasn't practiced and done all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, through training camp and stuff as he was in, as he was recovering. Might play this week. So there you go there, especially because the Colts would really need him. Backup Julian Davenport was not good. So uh, defensively, you know, the Colts might be stronger on defense than they are on offense, all depending on Carson Wentz, I suppose. And uh, defensively, they, they, you know, they've got good players there. DeForest Buckner, the defensive tackle, one of the toughest players to block and will be uh, a nice test there for Brian Allen at center, as well as, you know, the guards, David Edwards, and Austin Corbett, uh, who did pretty well uh, against Akeem Hicks and uh, Bilal Nichols and a very good defensive line of the Chicago Bears. Uh, the rest of the defensive line will be Quiddy Pay, first-round pick. Wasn't too explosive or effective uh, in his first game, but was all through training camp in the preseason, so there aren't really any uh, concerns there with their selection of Quiddy Pay out of Michigan in the first round. Nose tackle Grover Stewart is a probably an underrated nose tackle. Very good. Uh, Tyquan Lewis, you know, I think at a certain point you have to say with edge rushers like uh, Al-Quadine Muhammad and Tyquan Lewis and Isaac Rochelle and Kamoko Toure and Ben Bonogu and Quiddy Pay. You know, Quiddy Pay is the guy that's got something there where you could say maybe he's going to be great, great. Uh, and no offense to the other five names, but at the end of the day, do any of these players... Um, make you think of the best 
defensive ends in the NFL? Do they, you know, there's good, there's solid, you know, there's the dependable guys, you know, whether that's a, a Michael Brockers or a Morgan Fox, uh, you know, to put it in Rams terms, there are there any, uh, I don't know why Jason Pierre Paul is the first name that comes to mind, but that's like a baseline, right? That's like a baseline of like, oh, like Jason Pierre Paul, as far as pass rushing goes, run defense, disruption, other things like that. But if you're talking about like the guys that make the sacks, you know, a sack is a devastating play to an offense, truly. You know, if it's third and nine, it's kind of overrated, honestly. It's probably, it's if it's third and nine, it's more likely that you're going to get a sack than if it's first and 10 or, you know, even second and 10. Uh, but third and nine, third and 10, third and 15, if you're going to sack on third and 21, the quarterback scrambling around, blah, blah, blah. There's so many different things that happen. But thinking about those first and 10 pass rushers, the guys that make it second and 19 or create a turnover that changes the game. I mean, a great pass rusher can help you win three or four games in a season if he's having his best season, you know, like that's where you're at there. And maybe Quiddy pay is that guy that can have a season or two, or, you know, have a very long career that uh, is like that. I'm just saying that the other players that you'll see with Indianapolis have not put anything on the field yet at the NFL level that would make you say he's at that level, but they are, you know, that doesn't mean they're not good players or they're not bad players at linebacker. A great player as an example would be, uh, weak side linebacker Darius Leonard. He'll be playing next to Bobby Okereke, a third round pick in 2019, who was considered a breakout type player in training camp. So we'll see what kind of season he has, as well as Zaire Franklin, who's more of a journeyman veteran uh, linebacker. Maybe he won't even play a ton of snaps there. The secondary includes Xavier Rhodes, once, once one of the top cornerbacks in the NFL. And after he went to the Colts last year, uh, had one of his best seasons. So we'll see because a lot of times with cornerbacks, as you've already seen with Xavier Rhodes, they can kind of go in and out. Uh, Julian Blackman, free safety. Kari Willis, strong safety. TG, TJ Carey and Kenny Moore, the second at cornerback. And uh, alongside Rhodes and uh, Kenny Moore, one of the more underrated players in the NFL, maybe consider him like their Darius Williams. They also have Rock Yasin, a second round pick in 2019. But as we've seen, a lot of second round picks not working out yet. Uh, overall, I think when you look at Matthew Stafford against this defense, I think the receivers, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, uh, do have some nice matchups here when they're matched up against uh, Rhodes and Moore. And, and, you know, that's where depth could come into play as uh, one of LA's strengths when you talk about Van Jefferson and Deshaun Jackson and Tutu Atwell and the speed that LA brings to the defense against guys like this. Uh, it's very possible that we could see a nice uh, deep bomb or five here from Matthew Stafford trying to use the speed at wide receiver and the Rams advantage and, uh, you know, the depth at wide receiver to get an advantage there. Uh, and uh, I would probably also think that, yeah, the uh, Rams will maybe rely more on the passing game than the running game. Try to get Sony Michelle warmed up a little bit more each week uh, because with Sean McVay, snap counts at running back can wildly vary and vary wildly. So uh, one guy you could get one week, you get two snaps next week, uh, 50. So we'll see what happens. Uh, when the Rams face the Colts this Sunday at 10 a.m., thanks for listening to Turf Show Times 
the podcast. Uh, I'm Kenneth Arthur. Make sure you're following Turf Show Times on Twitter and go to our new Instagram. Follow us there and check out my interview with Mina Kimes tomorrow morning on Friday, September 17th, uh, coming out overnight there. So subscribe so you get it immediately. Immediately. <laughs>